Welcome to Slants and Rants, the home of hot takes, arguments, and the right opinion about your favorite team. Now, here are your hosts, CTD and Vega. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Slants and Rants, episode eight. Free agency is still popping off. So we got plenty to talk about as always. I'm your host, CTD, alongside my tag team partner, Mr. Patty Vega. Patrick, how you doing today? What's going on, Chris? How's everything going, my friend? Um, feeling good, feeling good. You know, just woke up about 15 minutes ago to record this podcast with you. Feeling good, man. Free agency's getting wild. Broncos uh, made some key moves from, from, my, uh, from my team perspective. I'm very happy about um that's it man i just hope the broncos draft michael parsons now after his uh his pro day today that's all i want yeah dude he's fast he's fast he looks good uh he didn't play last year right so he's coming off a year off no he's come off a year off he opted out um but again if him and a vic fangio defense i would uh love to pay high money to see that and with von miller coming back bradley chubb and Brad, and the signings we made and Justin Simmons, please, please, I pray, let that move happen. Yeah, that secondary looks good. We can talk a little bit about the Broncos a little later because this is almost like a freestyle Friday with free agency. You know, everything's kind of all over, over the place. Guys are signing at, on random days. So there's still a ton, and I mean a ton of good players out there that haven't signed yet. So maybe we'll even touch on that, on on who can go where. Like Clowney, for instance, uh, just the other day had a visit with the Cleveland Browns. He's still out there. I'm sure now that I said that, he'll sign as soon as we finish this podcast. But there's a lot of great talent out there. So it's kind of hard to structure a show with free agency for when everything's kind of all over the place. Last week, we had so much fun just just rolling through teams, coming off the top of the head, you know, shooting the shit about each team and what we liked what we didn't like so we definitely have to touch on plenty of teams we'll go through our favorite signing worst signing stuff like that but pat i definitely want to start the show talking about a team uh a local team i want to talk about the giants for a bit because the giants have made some moves and i know you've been in a few debates about the quality of their moves but what do you think about they add Kenny Galladay. They've added some pieces on defense. They get a Dory Jackson at corner. Do you, are you falling in love with the Giants? Like the Giants fans are, are you buying what they're selling right now? Uh, I'm definitely buying what they're selling. They're, they're moves they needed. They're, they're moves that need you that you needed to make. Uh, especially the Kenny Galladay move. You, da- Daniel Jones has never had a true number one. Uh, you guys, they they traded Odell Beckham in Eli Manning's last year. You 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 all when you then you draft Daniel Jones and you haven't set him up with any true number one. You have Sterling Shepard who's a great slot receiver, who can get open and get you a bunch of high volume on receptions. Uh Darius Lane isn't a bad receiver. He's just not a number one. He's more of a two, maybe a three. He's a speedster. Uh so you need this true number one in Kenny Galladay. The only thing you worry about is if can Kenny Galladay stay healthy. Can he stay healthy? That's the most important thing. And that's been the problem with Kenny Galladay the past few years is he gets hurt. So if he can stay healthy, I think it's a great move for the Giants. 
the money aspect, it's money is money. I mean, it's it's football. You've seen these teams uh, really don't give a damn about the salary cap, and it's they'll work it the way they want. Giants are the one team that hasn't looked like they know what they're doing when it comes to salary cap uh, flexibility. Um, but I think the Kenny Gade move is great. Uh, the Dory Jackson move, I don't mind either. I just think people are acting like a Dory Jackson is the second coming of Darrell Revis when he, he's just – He's a good two number two corner, two or three corner that uh, a team can have. People need to stop acting like Dory Jackson is Jalen Ramsey or Stephon Gilmore. It's a good signing. Like I, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to trash the Giants. Uh, although I may, you know, get a little negative in a second. I I wanted a Dory Jackson uh, with Philadelphia. I wasn't like heartbroken that the Eagles didn't get him. I wanted him for the fact that right now, besides Darius Slay, the Eagles don't have a better corner than Dory Jackson, and he's young. So I was like, all right, if the Eagles bring him in, this is a, a solid piece. And what can go wrong? If he sucks, the team sucks anyway. Who cares? But, you know, credit to him. He got paid great money to be on a better team and be with Logan Ryan, a guy he's already played, uh, played with. The Giants flew Logan Ryan in from Florida, you know, try to seal the deal. I like the move. The money is a little on the high side, but I mean, when you're trying to, to win now, sometimes you shell out a little more. And also if when you're competing with a division rival over a guy, you know, he's about to go visit. Sometimes you just got to throw in a couple extra bucks to, to seal the fate that he's with you, but I'm definitely not crazy about the contract. Uh, that contract to me is, if you like don't have a true number one corner, but you have two to three really good corners, that's the kind of contract you're giving to Dory Jackson. But you already have James Bradbury on a on a pretty hefty deal. Giving a Dory Jackson that that chunk of change, especially when you let Dalvin Tomlinson walk. Um, I know it's not the same exact value, but I value defensive line over the cornerbacking position. So I'd rather pay a, a D tackle like Dalvin Tomlinson rather than a Dory Jackson. I think what you what you lack in the secondary always gets made up for with your pass rush. But I will I will say this. I think the Giants have an argument on being the favorite now in the NFC East simply because Dallas has not really done much on the defensive side of the ball. Cowboys offense still looks good, but the Giants are starting to become a more well-rounded team. But I still have them in that like B category. I think they're strong contenders for the division, and I genuinely think they can be a playoff team next year, but I just don't see them beating the Bucks. I don't see them beating the Rams. I don't see them beating the Packers. And hey, we've seen the Giants be a wildcard team and run the table on teams that we all thought were better than them. And I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying right now where we stand, the Giants have taken the next step, but it's not going to be this year where, you know, you're like, okay, this team is a legit Super Bowl contender, but they're on the right track. So I will give them their, their props. They are on the right track now. Clearly the Giants uh, getting a Dory Jackson is big because obviously Dallas has so many weapons. So you're yes. going to need, you're going to need as many uh, people in the secondary that can help so, uh, covering CD lamb, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper which is which is right, which is a great, which is a good move for the secondary. Again, the contract 
not the contract that you'd love to see. Granted, my team signed Ronald Darby for a lot of money too, but not the contract you want to see when it comes for Dory Jackson. But it adds a lot of a lot more speed to the defense now. Dory Jackson can fly all over the field. Uh, again, you have if if James Bradbury wasn't there, I would have been very, very questionable about the move. If they didn't have James Bradbury. Having James Bradbury at your true number one corner out there makes this a very good deal, especially having Logan Ryan at safety, Jabril, uh, Xavier McKinney coming back for a full season, hopefully if he stays healthy. So it's a good move. I think the Giants, again, like you said, I agree with you. The Giants can win this division. If someone came to me and was like, how do you feel about putting money on the Giants to win the division? I'd be all for it because they have the right pieces. We'll see what they do in the draft, which with this move now makes you wonder what they're going to do. Do they go defense? Do they go pass rusher? The Giants still need a pass rusher. Or do they go receiver still and add another piece next to Kenny Galladay and just make that offense a lot more high-powered than it's been the past, I don't know, five, six years? Um, We'll see. I, I, I still think Dallas might be the favorite, but that defense is just so putrid. Oh, my God. That, that, that front seven, they should be okay, and they didn't re-sign Alden Smith, who had a very good year last year, which I was surprised they let him walk. I was very surprised by that. But the Cowboys' secondary just is not good right now. Uh, you, you would think they're going to go probably Patrick Sertan after his pro day yesterday, who had a very good pro day for Alabama. Alabama. So you would think Patrick Sertan, Patrick Sertan might be the move for the Cowboys, but their defense is not good. And then you go to Washington, great defense, great defense. It's just, do you trust Fitzpatrick to get you there? And you trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to get you to the playoffs. He had his chance with the Jets. They went 10-6 and six and still didn't make the playoffs. So can you trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to get you there? I like the Curtis Samuel move they had. They made. Have someone next to Terry McLaurin. So do you trust what, – what, who do you trust more, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Daniel Jones? We know Dak is still the best quarterback, but that defense is horrible. Do you trust the Cowboys defense, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Daniel Jones? That's the number one question. Yeah, there's this is a really weird division because I like Washington. I shouldn't say I like. I love Washington's defense, specifically their pass rush. Washington's defense is the best in the division in my in my mind. I think the Giants have a shout for the best defense, but what we saw last year, Washington's is the best and. They're rolling with a very similar defense the next year. So until I see the Giants defense work out, then I will give them the edge. But Washington's pass rush is just, it's not just the best in the division. It's one of the best in the league. Their defensive line is incredible. It's all first round picks on their defensive line. So what worries me is the same thing that worries you with them is Fitzpatrick being the quarterback. Okay, he's going to win you seven games at least, but can he win you game eight, game nine, and possibly game 10 to get you into the playoffs. The Cowboys, their defense is so bad. What's the, what was probably the best offseason move for the Cowboys besides signing Prescott was the Broncos getting uh, Fuller and Ronald Darby because the Broncos and Cowboys were the two teams that were connected to corners, the two main teams connected to corners uh, in the top level of the draft. And the Broncos probably aren't taking one of the top corners in Sertan or Farley now that they've gotten two solid number one corners. So that opens up the door for the Cowboys to have more of the pick the litter and 
not have to worry about what Denver is doing at the cornerback position. But their defense stinks. The rest of the defense still isn't good. And it's coming off of uh, one of the worst seasons that it could have possibly had. It got better in the second half of the season. They're changing their schemes, their scheme with Dan Quinn. So that can definitely help. It won't be as bad, but it's still not great. But when I look at the Giants, the reason why I have some comfort in the Giants, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy at all. Not a Daniel Jones believer. I actually would make an argument that he's probably the fourth best quarterback in the division. And I know that will piss people off, but I am not crazy about DJ. But when I look at the Giants team, I think they're great at no positions, but good at almost every single position besides pass rush. And that can make that can make you a playoff team and make you a dangerous team. They've limited their holes that they have on their roster. And I don't I don't look at their roster and be like, oh my God, there's Odell Beckham. Like, okay, they have Saquon, but he's coming off the torn ACL. You know, James Bradbury still a, a very good corner in the league, but he's not Jalen Ramsey. But there's no like, oh man, like the Giants teams that we've seen in the past, like, wow, this this entire position as a whole is god awful. I think they're just good everywhere. Not great in any spot, but they're good everywhere. And that's good enough to be a playoff team and be a legit contender. But I'm I'm not a Daniel Jones guy, so I can't buy too much stock in it. The only the only problem with the Giants for me is is again pass rush and the O line. The O line has a lot of question marks, which Again, are the Giants good at Jets? The Giants can be a very good team. They can make their they could they could be a playoff team. But how how is that O line going to hold up with Daniel Jones? That's that's another main question. You lost Kevin Zeitler. You cut him, so you get Nate Solder back, who hasn't played in a year. He wasn't good the the two years he played for them. You have a bunch of young offensive line on there: Willie Hernandez, Shane Lemieux, Andrew Thomas. You hope could make the next step in year two. And pass rush. The Giants haven't had a good pass rusher since JPP, maybe. They had Olivier Vernon, who they had who had one good year. Then they shot shipped them off to Cleveland. But Giants haven't a good haven't had a good pass rusher since JPP. The Giants need to get a pass rusher. Where they're gonna get it, I have no idea. It doesn't seem like there's a premier pass rusher in this in this draft. Micah Parsons is like more of a freelancer linebacker kind of running around, but I don't know where they're going to get that pass rusher from, um, but they need one. They need one bad, especially if you're going to compete in the NFL. If you don't have a good pass rush, you're, you're not you're not going to get far in the league, especially when you, you don't have an offense that can put up 30 to 40 points. You need a pass rush that could swing, swing, swing a few drives for you, swing a few drives the other way and not give Dak Prescott ten, four to five seconds to throw and all these other playoff caliber teams like the Packers, the Bucks, the Saints, the uh, the, the Rams, Rams etc. Exactly. So Giants, if the Giants can find a good solid pass rusher, I'll be all in all in on them to win the division. But until they get that, I can't right now. I'm all about the trenches. I'm I'm a big believer in you pour your money in the offense and defensive line. Those are your your two go-tos because what you lack in other positions get made up for with the quality you have there on the offensive line, what you lack at the running back position or, you know, quarterbacks uh, decision-making 
it gets better with a strong offensive line that gives them plenty of time or opens up perfect holds for a for a decent to okay running back. Then on the defensive side of the ball, if your corners aren't that great, what helps a what helps a lacking secondary? A strong pass rush that forces the QB to make quick decisions and not have time. So I'm a big believer in pouring your money there. And that that's my one knock on the Giants this offseason. Day one of tampering, it was like defensive ends slash outside linebackers were going like hotcakes. And none of them went to New York. And that was probably, besides the number one receiver, it was probably the Giants' biggest need. Not to compare them to a Super Bowl champion in the Bucks, but look at what happened in Tampa Bay. They have a young secondary that had promise. And the first time they played Kansas City, their secondary got absolutely shellacked. And then what made up for it? They played a safer version of their secondary and their pass rush was out of this world. And that carried them through the playoffs. When your pass rush is that strong, it makes up for whatever issues you're having at the other levels on defense. So I agree with you that I, I, can't, I can't lock them as the favorite to win the division, but they're definitely a contender in the NFC East. I'll tell you what, this NFC, the NFC East this year is going to be a lot of fun. For three teams. Yes, for three. Well, yes, the, the, I don't, we don't expect your Eagles to really do much this, uh, this season, which at, le- at least you know that already. And I'm like, happy with it. I, I want it to be that way. Yeah, exactly. At least, at least you know already they're not a very good football team, and it's more about Jalen Hurts as your future quarterback. That's the most important thing. But, again, the NFC East uh, – should be a really fun division, as it always is. It's always a fun division because usually every team is about in lockstep with each other, either very mediocre or very good. But this year could be maybe a 10-6 team, not a 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven or 7-9 team or 10-7. 11-7, 11-6. 11-6. Yeah, now, now I'm, I'm all messed up with this goddamn new <laughs> 17th game. Is that official? Uh, I think so. So annoying. Right? It might not be, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm sure it's gonna happen. But um, but no, I'm I'm excited. So we'll see this division. I I'm excited to see three teams that could really win this division and make some noise in that to see who wins that division. Because again, and every year it's usually a different team that wins it. No one had Washington winning it this year. Alex Smith comes back and just happens to not he didn't light it up, but was the perfect quarterback for that team with that with that solid defense to get them to the playoffs so we'll see now is it the giant giants haven't haven't won the division in how long feels since i think odell's last year i think they won the division that was the last time not his uh, last year it was it was odell's like second year i don't think they won it because his last year was uh was with eli the boat yeah yeah when they went to the playoffs that's 20 14 or 15 2015 or 2016 i'm, I'm messing up my years it was after, it was after the broncos won the super bowl it was it was it was the eagles won the division in 17 the cowboys won it in 16 so it was 2015 the boat incident okay okay no or the the eagles won the division in 2016 the 2016 17 season giants had the one so this is 2014 yeah, okay the Giants had a one in 2017. Damn, was that long ago the boat? 
trip? Yeah. Jeez. Regardless of the fact the Giants have been very, very pedestrian and very mediocre. Not even mediocre. I would say not good. Giants have not been very good at all. Um, so now th- this is the best team they've they've put on the field in a very long time. So I think Giant fans should be excited. I- I'd be excited if this was my team. I'd be very excited about the team that they got on the field. Now it's Daniel Jones' time to shine. Can can Daniel Jones improve from his rookie year? Because he took a step back last year, but now you got Kenny Galladay. Are they going to draft another a rookie, one of the stud rookie receivers in Smith or Waddle? We'll see. Uh, Giant fans get excited. That's all I'm going to say. I would be excited. And after the draft, let's let's see where this is going to be come uh, come training camp. Now that we've wrapped the uh, NFC East talk, and that's definitely not only a fun um, a fun storyline for the season, three teams that can definitely win the division. It's a fun storyline for the rest of free agency and the draft because these teams are all kind of neck and neck. So we'll see what moves they make that separate themselves from the pack, which team can, or maybe we head into the season with no clear number one like it is right now. So we like to do a little bit of superlatives like we always do when we ranked our head coaches. And and this is, you know, free agency. Now that some of, if not all, the biggest names have gone, you're starting to kind of see where the direction most teams are going, although there are a lot of great, players still out there we got a couple a couple of things that we can go through and we'll start with most improved team so patrick there's there's been a a couple teams that have made a crazy amount of moves but that doesn't mean they're the most improved i.e the texans who have signed more than anyone i wouldn't say that they're the most improved team who would you say this early in free agency or a weekend who's been the most improved team thus far I mean, it has to be New England, isn't it? I feel like that has to be like almost a universal answer. Like it, there, there's, they signed almost every free agent. They've signed a bunch of free agents that they needed on the team to improve. Granted, they receive they signed receivers that granted not number ones, but they're they've definitely upgraded from since last year to what they've had. Their tight end position might be the the best tight end situation in football. Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. You get Cam a full year. You re-sign Cam to a fur. Now he gets a full year in the Patriot system. Um, Trent comes back. David Andrew comes back. You have Lawrence Guy. You re-sign Kyle Van Noy, who's a leader of that defense. Uh, two two years before he left for the Dolphins, and now you're getting Dante Hightower back. Probably Patrick Chun back. Granted, I'm not the biggest Jalen Mills fan. I know you're not either, but in the Bill Belichick system, he usually makes uh, bad players look good. And they signed probably the one, arguably the best pass rusher uh, that actually hit free agency in Matthew Judon. So overall, the Patriots are looking to come back and make a wild card and possibly win the division. I don't think they will because the Bills have the best quarterback in the division. But if Bill Belichick get the best out of anyone – and then if some if one coach can get the best out of anyone, it's Bill Belichick. So I think these boys can be coached up, and I absolutely think they're the most improved team in free uh, agency. Yeah, and apologies for the listeners. Uh, you cut out a little bit there, but 
um you know it's it's wi-fi issues we all we all good over here um i i I agree with you the patriots are most likely the best most improved most improved team but i actually want to give a shout to kind of an under the radar team and this you know might not be the the sexiest team and the sexiest moves but I really like what the Bengals are doing in Cincinnati with their moves. They go into free agency. All right. They're going to lose Carl Lawson, but they know they have their franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. And you have a top pick in the draft this year where you can really go anyway, because you're not taking a quarterback. So you might take one of the top receivers and have the pick of the litter there. You might take the top tackle, whoever you deem that is, or, you know, you can go almost any direction that you want. So in free agency, they mainly focused on defense, and I really like what they did. So they get Trey Hendrickson, who's not a big name. Uh, you know, he's not a household name, but had a fantastic year with the Saints. He's been a very good pass rusher. So they bring him in basically to replace what they're losing on the D-line. They also bring in Larry Ogunjobi, who I like. But then they really poured money into their secondary. They get Mike Hilton to leave Pittsburgh and come over to Cincinnati. They already have Trey Waynes, who I wouldn't call as the greatest corner, but he's still a suitable corner. Then they also signed Chidabe Owuzie, and they bring in Eli Apple, which, you know, if Eli Apple's your number one or number two, I'm not crazy about it, but he's their number three or number four corner. So I think that that's solid depth that they have. And then at the safety position, you have Von Bell and Jesse Bates, which Jesse Bates is a, very good safety and Von Bell has been damn good too. So now you're rolling with a secondary that's actually got something to it on a defense that was putrid last year. And, you know, they were, their defense was like Swiss cheese and their D line wasn't great, but you're actually starting to see kind of how this roster is going to fill out. They already have some weapons on offense and they'll probably add more weapons. They, Brought in T. Higgins last year, who who looks like he can be a solid receiver. They let A.J. Green walk. But now, if they can in the draft and for the rest of free agency, also they signed Riley Reef. but this goes into my point. If they can really address their offensive line and for when Joe Burrow does come back and is fully healthy, they protect him because that was their number one issue last year was protecting the guy. If they can, and this is a big if, if they can properly address the offensive line, I really like the direction the Bengals are going, not only on offense, but as a team entirely. You know, I'm not crazy about their head coach, but I think for year two of your rookie quarterback, this is solid moves and solid improvement. What you lack on offense, Burrow will make up for. You needed a lot of help on defense. And they got a lot of starting NFL caliber players now starting on defense so i wouldn't say it's it's patriot level of the moves that they've made and the quality they brought in but i think it deserves a shout i really like the improvement that the Bengals have done this offseason quietly really not talked about at all no them them rebuilding that that secondary like you said you get mike hilton who had a great year in pittsburgh ouzier who's a pretty damn good corner that was in dallas and bringing Eli Apple and Trey Wayne's there already. That's a that's a pretty damn good secondary. 
of a bunch of just good cornerbacks that did you that mention Mike Hilton? I'm sorry. Yes, I said mention Mike Hilton. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mike Hilton. Yeah, to me that was the best move they made, honestly. Um, now in the draft, you have to. I think you have to go another tackle. I think you have to draft the kid from Oregon, Pensai Sewell. Uh, I don't see how you. Granted, you can, can you use another weapon, sure, but you have Gary. Uh, Gary Harris. I'm looking at the NBA over here. <laughs> Harris. Uh, <laughs> you have Taj Boyd. You have Tyler Boyd, Taj Boyd, Tyler Boyd, Taj Boyd, Clemson legend right there, buddy. <laughs> Taj Boyd. That's that's a shout out to my boy Big John right there because he's the biggest Taj Boyd fan in the world. Um, Tyler Boyd and uh, T Higgins. So granted, can they could they use a Kyle Pitts or another receiver? Absolutely, but to me that's something they have to address in the second or third round. First round, go get the tackle. Go you sign Riley Reef. Go get Joe Burrow, another guy to protect him. Because you, like we said, like you just said, we saw Joe Burrow can play. That that's not a, that's out of the question already. Like we know Joe Burrow can sling that sling the rock. He can get the ball to get the ball to these two young good receivers. So if you can add another one in the second or third round, or maybe sign a veteran. I'm sure there's an, uh, there's still veteran receivers out there that they can sign that would help this team. But I think the tackle and the draft is the most important position for this team. I like the moves they're making especially in the division that I'm not saying is winnable for them now, but it could be in a few years, especially with the Steelers looking like they're going on the decline. The Ravens are still, still the Ravens, but they've, they've had some losses and additions that good and bad. And you have Cleveland, which we're playing with the chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes they get hurt, but we're playing with the chiefs in the playoffs. I, are you the biggest Cleveland lover? I'm not. Never have, never will be. So the Browns could start making some noise and really be one of those teams that when you see on your schedule, you're like, all right, they're not the, the automatic W you're used to putting on this on your team schedule. The Bengals, if, you mean? The, the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals, I'm yeah. sorry. The Bengals aren't that automatic W that when you look at the schedule, you're going to put on your, your team's uh, win column. It could be, could be an L for teams this year, especially with this revamped-looking defense. Um, I, I like the Bengals moves, man. I really do. I really do. It's a great point. Honest, because honestly, if you didn't bring it up. I honestly would be like, yeah, it's the Bengals. You know, I really. But after looking at looking at all their signings, uh, Bengals had a very good offseason that's going under the radar. Yeah, and when I compare it to like the Patriots, the Patriots moves, they're in a position where they have a shout this year. I, I know Cam isn't one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but. The Patriots still won seven games last year and are probably a wild card team next year. The Bengals are still a year or two away, but the moves that they made this offseason make sense for being a contender in a year or two. So that's why I really like what Cincinnati did. They didn't try to get, you know, they didn't try to go crazy and think that they're in win now mode, but they brought in some good young pieces that are quality that are now going to be with them for the next two, three years to where we can see them possibly become a contender. And looking at their division with Pittsburgh on the decline, Baltimore and Cleveland both still have to pay their franchise quarterbacks, and they're going to get paid a lot of money. The Bengals are nowhere near having to pay Joe Burrow because he just played his first year. So timeline-wise, the Bengals are going to have more money to work with for a year or two than Baltimore and Cleveland because they're not going to have to lock up Burrow as early as those two teams. So now that we've talked about 
who we liked and, you know, who deserves a, a shout for most improved. What team would you say is your biggest disappointment? Like you had high hopes for, you thought they could do something, but have just really dropped the ball or let you down. I wouldn't even say it's a team that I had high hopes for. I just thought it was a team that would try and keep the same t- a team together with an aging quarterback as their in, in his final year, I would assume. And it has to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I I don't understand what is what are they doing? You your 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 strong suit last year was your defense, right? That that was the strongest part of your team was the defense, and you lost three or four of your best, I'm going to say your best, but three to four of your most important players on that defense. Mike Hilton, like we just t- t- talked about, is gone. Bud Dupree, who granted did get hurt, but he was playing great for them. He's gone. He went moved on to Tennessee. And then you just cut Steven Nelson yesterday, who was another piece of that secondary. So I, I just don't understand the moves that you're making to – that you need a strong defense, clearly – with this, because with the offense is inconsistency. You, Ben, clearly, they must have wanted Juju back that badly that they bought him back on a one year deal. I mean, he did take a, a discount to stay, but to, how don't you let Juju walk and bring back at least one of those corners? Granted, I know it's one year and it wasn't a lot of money, but your first priority should have been bringing in at least another corner to replace these guys. Or, Keep that defense as strong as possible. Because now you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary, and you lose, you still have Minka back there, but you're losing two starters in Steven Nelson and Mike Hilton. So to me, they've had the um, the worst the worst offseason for any team that was in the playoffs, especially any team that was in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I we've kind of ragged the Steelers uh, for a few weeks now, and you know I'll cut them a little bit of slack you know they were in a tough cap situation but I just don't see how they are any better than they were last year I think they are most likely to regress if I if I'm a betting man I don't love Ben with another year you know he's clearly not the Ben that he used to be they don't have a running game at all Alejandro Villanueva is still a free agent, so they haven't brought him back yet. So now you still have a, a hole at the tackle position. So I'm not crazy about how Pittsburgh is looking and how they've looked in this offseason. Uh, another team that I would say was the biggest disappointment, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. And this isn't a knock to where I think they're going to take a major step back. But when you're a team that won 10 games last year, just barely missed out on the playoffs, and you you feel like they're okay. They're just a couple pieces away. Although we we're not sure if Tua is the guy. Right before tampering starts, who are they tied to? They're tied to apparently them and Aaron Jones have mutual interest. There's rumors that they might want to go for Kenny Galladay, and it's like okay, you know maybe maybe that one or two big splash is what gets Miami over the hump. And and next year they go from winning ten games to winning eleven or twelve games and getting that final uh, wild card spot or whatever maybe they have a shout at the division and can compete with the bills and then right before the tampering starts it comes out that they're not going to be in the market for any of these big name guys and they're not going to make the splashiest moves and it's like okay i understand that 
And then what do they do? All right, they bring in Jacoby Brissett, who's a suitable backup. But best case scenario, the guy doesn't touch the field because that means Tua didn't play bad enough to where you have to take him off the field. And then your move at wide receiver is Will Fuller on a one-year deal who's coming off a suspension. I get he's playing for a contract, but I'm not like over the moon about Will Fuller on a one-year contract for thinking that the Dolphins are taking that next step. So for when I rule them as the biggest disappointment, I'm not saying that they're going to be some crazy regression or anything like that. I just feel like they were on the cusp and a solid offseason with solid moves can propel them into from being that borderline wildcard team to being that sure thing at the wildcard. Now the Patriots make such big improvements and the bills are already good. And I mean, the jets are still a bit away, but they're not too easy wins. Now I'm like, man, Miami, this was a key off season and you really didn't do anything fancy. So I don't know how I can put you as a lock to be this wild card contender. So for me, they're the biggest disappointment just because they they could be making a shout and be a solid next playoff team, but they haven't made that move that where I solidify it for them. So Malcolm Brown doesn't put them over the top. <laughs> Malcolm Brown doesn't put them over the top. No, Matt, Matt Collins either. No. <laughs> oh, what what I should I say, give I, props. I should give props though. Uh, they did get um. Uh, from Houston, who is it? Uh, Bernardrick McKinney. Um, the hell's so they, yeah, okay. Yes, yes. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yep, so right, I will, right. I give, I will give props there. You got a, you got a Pro Bowler. That, that was a. Uh, yeah, that that's was the problem, a but that's the thing. It, But that's not like granted their defense is better now, but the offense is still very pedestrian. What on that offense scares you? You you got Will Fuller, who I'm a big Will Fuller fan, but again, another guy who can't get can't stay on the field. Your best ability is your availability, and Will Fuller's availability is usually not is usually not full, and is 100. percent It's usually about 50, percent and he's already suspended week one of the season. Um, I think it's a great deep threat for Tua, but like you said, this offense still doesn't. This offense still doesn't do anything for you. Like, there's nothing, there's no spice to this offense. There's, yeah, if they got Aaron Jones, I think that would have been a great move, but it went, he went back to Green Bay. So, the Dolphins in the NFC East, that AFC East, that not, they, again, we think the Bills are the far and away favorite, but you made a great point. The Patriots are looking like they're coming back. And again, everyone actually, the Patriots went five and 10 last year. Patriots won what seven and nine, right? Patriots won seven and nine with a team that was depleted, had COVID issues, and somehow still mustered out seven wins. So you would think the no, no, we know for a fact the Patriots on the field are going to be better and could probably win two or three more games, which could make the Dolphins fall to third place this year, honestly, because nothing on that offense is really is really sticking out for the Dolphins. And that was the most important the most important part of the team that they needed to improve, and they didn't really improve it at all. Do they go to the draft? Do they draft Jamar Chase? Do they trade back? Do they draft another quarterback? Who the hell knows? The, the Dolphins are one of those teams that – that's why it makes the draft so interesting this year. To me, this draft is so interesting this year because 
There's so many quarterbacks that they're projecting in the top 10. There's so many teams that really need a quarterback. There's three stud receivers. I can like every team needs a little bit of everything. And I wouldn't be surprised of any team taking someone like early. You know what I mean? So I'm interested to see, especially because the, the Dolphins are third pick. The, the, the two AFC East teams, the Jets and the Dolphins, are the two teams that everyone has no idea of what we're going to do. We know Trevor Lawrence is going one. That's, that's obvious. Usually you kind of know, all right, the second pick will be this guy, third pick will be this guy, and then the draft will kind of start from four, five, six. The draft is going to – we don't know what's going to be happening from the draft from pick two, three, through on. So Dolphins are a very interesting team, especially with a very, very below average free agency this year. Yeah, the, uh, I believe it was Schefter that said there's a strong possibility that like four quarterbacks go in the top six picks, which is crazy. But at the same time, you have Corey Davis coming out and saying, oh, I'm under the impression that Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback next year. Like I, I've that's what what it seems like around here and who knows that might be smoke that might be might be everything it might be it might be nothing the jets might have their eye and might be dead set on zach wilson who knows but miami i think is the real key in the draft at number three do they go jamar chase do they go Devontae smith and pair him back with tua do they take a tackle or do they trade back to a team that's a few picks behind them. That's trying to jump Atlanta uh, to get a quarterback. I, I don't know, but I think the dolphins are not only the, not only is this third pick huge for them as their chances in the playoffs, but it's also huge for the draft on which way the draft is then going to trend. I feel like they're, they're the pick right there where it's whatever they do then the dominoes will start to fall after that, which normally that happens around the fourth or fifth pick, but seems to be happening at the number three. But back to back to the free agent signings, there's been some good ones, man. I, I don't know if um, I don't know if you could pick a, a favorite. Guys, you know what that means? That means there's some breaking news. Nothing uh, major, major, major. But free, listen, he, he did win them a Super Bowl. He did win a Super Bowl on his final interception play. Uh, Malcolm Butler, formerly of the Patriots and the Tennessee Titans, has signed with the Cardinals, which I think is a very good move for the Arizona Cardinals. You lose Patrick Peterson. You need another veteran corner there. I think this is a good move. Granted, Malcolm Butler isn't a player that he used to be. He's not all pro level or the same player that Tennessee first got when they took him away from the Patriots, but it's still a veteran quarter that you needed to get after losing Patrick Peterson. So I think it's a good move for the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals. Uh, I, I like a bunch of the Cardinals moves this year, honestly. I think the Cardinals are really improving a lot in a division that's arguably might be the toughest division in football. I did not know what you were signaling to me. I was, I was confused. I'm like, what is, what is Patrick signaling for me? I'm, I'm about to get into the favorite signings of the off season. But I'm happy. A little breaking news. That that's the that's what we like to hear. And I completely agree with you. I I really like the changes that the Cardinals have made. And in that division, they definitely needed a solid offseason to take the next step and become a playoff team. But back on to the uh, free agent signings. Uh, Malcolm Butler is not going to be my free favorite free agent signings. Probably not yours. 
But Patty V, I know there's there's a lot of guys that deserve a shout. There's been a lot of big contracts. There's been a lot of good contracts. But who would you say is your favorite? You know, it might be match made in heaven. It might be the money that they went for. Who, who'd you like? I think, honestly, my uh, my favorite. Man, I love that Matthew Judon deal for the Patriots, man. I truly do. I just think it's, you know what? I just think it's the perfect fit. That's the type of player Bill Belichick loves. You got him on a four-year, fifty-six million dollar deal, thirty-two million over the first two years. That's not the. It's not really breaking the bank that much. It's not that crazy for a player that I think is very good, and with Bill Belichick, he's gonna be even better. I just think it was a perfect scheme fit. I just think it was the perfect all around for Belichick and Judon. I, to me, Matthew Judon, and this happened early in free agency, caught everyone by surprise. Uh, I just think he fits perfect in that defense. He's that type of player that Bill Belichick loves. Scrappy, physical, dirty, just likes to get his hand in the dirt and just get after people. Uh, so I, I'm with I'm Matthew Judon as like, just all, like off the top of my head, Matthew Judon, perfect fit, perfect system to the Patriots. I, I love that move, man. Yeah, you can make an argument that that move or even the Johnu Smith deal for New England is is one of the best moves of the offseason, not only for the price that they're signed at. Look, they didn't they didn't go for cheap. They didn't sign for nothing. But those are two very good Pro Bowl players that are now in New England. I I had a tough decision because i feel like there's a lot of great shouts i thought maybe trent williams because you know it was the best left tackle available i thought maybe joe thuny because that was the best guard available and you know i'm all i'm all about the hog mollies but i'll go a little bit of a different direction and i'll say john johnson going to cleveland because cleveland was a team that they they already have a, a foundation on offense and they started to put together a lot of pieces on defense and they really revamped their secondary. And the reason why I say this is my favorite signing, because this is, this is the best of both worlds works out for both sides. Cleveland gets a very good starting pro bowl safety for three years. Who's only 25 years old. And John Johnson is going to enter free agency at 28 years old in the prime of his career and get paid again. I feel like it made sense for both sides John Johnson was tied to only a couple of teams, but he was probably the best safety available uh, this free agency. And I just love that move. And it helps that the Browns made other moves in their secondary that makes this move look even better because their secondary now has become, you know, a, a shout for uh, the best in the division. So I, I like that move. I'm going to give my props to, to Cleveland with the John Johnson signing, but now let's rag on some teams. You we love to rag on some teams, Pat. That's that's what we do best. So who's the oh, worst? Who's the worst? There's there's a there's a worse signing that there's a couple bad ones. Who do you think's the worst? Oh brother, this guy stinks. It, listen, it's got to be the Andy Dalton deal, right? It has to be. Uh, it, there, there's 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 nothing like not, not saying that there's nothing else, but it's got to be the Andy Dalton deal. Granted, it's only one year, $10 million. But again, I the, the Bears have to be drafting a quarterback this this draft, right? They have to be. I I, I, did they, I mean, they did tweet out yesterday, quarterback one. 
I don't believe that. <laughs> I I can't sit there. Listen, I've seen the Buffalo. I remember it was the Bills or the Raiders made a hype video for Nathan Peterman. The, they literally made a hype video for Nathan Peterman. It was either the Bills. I think it was the Bills. So I can't really put much into that. But you 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 go you you're going into the year with Andy Dalton's only only quarterback on that roster. You had Nick Foles on there. You had, you let go Mitch Trubisky. I, I just don't see how this move makes any sense. I, I don't know. It has to be Andy Dolan. It has to be. I don't want to hear any other answers. Oh, my God. Andy Dolan showed last year he's not very good. And especially with a defense that wasn't good, he ain't going to be any good. He can't. Andy Dolan ain't going to win a shootout. He ain't going to win no damn shootout. And it shows that when he was in Cincinnati, Cincinnati had a pretty good defense back then that they were the ones keeping him in the game and you had good weapons around him. So Andy Dolan, you are the, uh, for Pat Vega, the worst free agency signing so far of the off season. Yeah, I can't disagree. I really can. As much as I want to make a funny joke or say a, a name that doesn't make sense, this is spot on for me. They do still have Nick Foles under contract, but he's been rumored to be traded or get cut, which the, the way I look at it, look, Nick Foles, I love the guy to death, but right now, is there any difference between Andy Dalton and Nick Foles? Like, are you, are you really getting any different production between either guy that's going to propel you into being a, a legit contender? And in a division where you know the Packers are the best team in the division, but your defense is too good, and you're a playoff team last year. This is, it's not like the Bears, you look at them, and you're like, oh, well, you know, there's still like, there's still a lot of pieces that need to be fixed and blah, blah, blah. No, they were in the playoffs last year because their defense is very good and they have some good weapons at the wide receiver position. This is a team that should be competitive, but the the Andy Dalton signing to me is just like a, a stagnant, you have not improved at the quarterback position. This is no different than what you are rolling with last year. And it's to me, it's like the definition of insanity which is, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Andy Dalton is the same as Mitch Trubisky. He's the same as Nick Foles. This is no different. He's the same as Chase Daniel, whatever other scrub quarterbacks they've had at the quarterback position. <laughs> this is no different, and this does not make this team any better, and I can't give them any props. and any. Look, it's only a one-year deal, but he got paid pretty pretty handsomely. And he's not coming off a, a world-beating season in Dallas where oh, he was no. very, very lackluster. But funny enough, I remember last year when Dallas played Minnesota and the Cowboys won. And Minnesota was kind of red hot going into that game. And it felt like, oh, man, like maybe the Cowboys, like it took a few weeks, but Dalton's got something going with these, with these receivers. The offense is clicking. Zeke is working. It's like, oh, man, like. Maybe this this offense has figured it out. The next week, nope, already gone. <laughs> Nothing there. <laughs> no, he. Yeah, to me, I just don't understand what the Bears are doing. I uh, grant you, it's. I don't get how the Bears ownership let Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy come back for another year when you're going to be rebuilding. You're clearly rebuilding. It looks like. It look. It, they're doing the half-ass job. That's what they're doing. They're doing the half-assed job of, well, we're not really rebuilding, but we need to rebuild the most important position. 
that's what they're doing because you you tie you tagged Allen Robinson, so he's coming back. The defense, you still have some good players, but you just let go Kyle Fuller, who, which a lot of players were not happy about, clearly on that defense. Eddie Jackson was stating that out on Twitter. So you're doing that half-assed job of we're, we're building but not rebuilding, which usually never works out. I'm telling you now, the Broncos have been doing it for the past God knows how many years. A half-assed rebuild never usually never works. You're usually stuck in that 8-8, eight and eight, to the most nine and seven to six and ten range. So the Bears, I Bears free agency, I'm completely lost on. Um, I feel bad for Allen Robinson, as I'm always gonna say it. <laughs> I, I feel bad for the dude because he he's stuck, he's stuck there for another year. I don't see them getting a deal done with him. Um, but that's another team now. Do the Bears trade up and get a quarterback? They got to trade. They got to trade kind of a far away if they're trying to get one of the better ones because they were a playoff team last year. Yeah, exactly. And how they're a playoff team last year is beyond me. But again, that, that's a lot of uh, a lot to give up to move up. They're going to have to do because, like Chris said before, Chef they're saying maybe four quarterbacks in top six picks. So you're going to have Fields, Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Uh, you got Mac Jones, Trey Lance. Those are the five main guys that everyone's talking about. Is Trey Lance gonna fall to the mid to, to the teens? I don't know. I I don't know. But Chicago clearly is gonna be another situation where to, they're getting average to below average horrible quarterback play. Um and Bear fans will be flipping out because I'm sure the defense will still be pretty damn good with Khalil Mack there. And they'll probably go about seven and ten or six and eleven, something like that. I see them in that range. The Bears are just that 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 honestly could have been a team that's having a horrible free agency, I'd say. Yeah, that's definitely a good shout. And also what was weird was they made a strong push for Kenny Galladay. And like they they wanted to match Kenny Galladay with Allen Robinson. And it's like, okay, I get that they tried for Russell Wilson. It's not like they didn't try to get one of the top quarterbacks that was potentially available, but there was other guys out there. You're telling me, you know, I get guys to want to, they have to want to come to you, but you're telling me you couldn't get anyone else besides Andy Dalton. If you were already willing to give up compensation and give up starting caliber players, you couldn't get anyone better. And when it comes to the bears, you know where they are, Pat, they're in my favorite place that I talk about every single week. The Bears are stuck in purgatory. They are they have too good of a defense for them to only win two to three games and have a top pick next year. That defense is going to win them six or seven games, but their offense is too bad. Well, I shouldn't say their offense. Their quarterbacking play is too bad for them to have a legit shout and win 11 or 12 games and be an actual contender next year. So it's a good point by you. They have a, a shout as one of the biggest disappointments of the offseason. I completely, I don't know why I didn't put that together, but that is a very good point by you. That you, you lose out, you lose out on not getting Russell Wilson from Seattle. You lose Kyle Fuller, who was your number one corner. You sign Andy, you sign Andy Dalton to be your starter, it looks like right now. And you really don't add anything else to that team at all on, on any position. Not, I forgot who they signed yesterday for their backup running back. I just blow my mind. But 
Well, it wasn't really anyone that notable. Um, the best move they made, honestly, was keeping Allen Robinson on the franchise tag. That is literally the only important move that you could say that was a good move for them this season. They signed Damian Williams. They, uh, they signed Damian Williams. Playoff Dame. Play, playoff Damian. Um, but that's not – that's – again, me, we're, we're not the biggest running back fans in this place. So, you have David Montgomery. It's a good – now you have a good little one-two punch there, but – We already have uh... – Tariq Cohen. Uh, Tariq Cohen coming off a ACL injury, but it's it's no over-the-edge signing of Damian no. Williams. Again, Bear fans, you don't have a quarterback. Like, you really – you haven't had a quarterback in a while. You clearly missed out on Mr. Bisky. And, again, I'm going to say it again. I don't understand how ownership lets Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy still run this team in this year, and you know what's going to happen? They're going to go five and eleven, or whatever the hell. They're going to have a losing record and a bad season. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to fire them anyway, and you're in a clean house, and you're going to let them make the last, the last important moves that probably draft a quarterback that a, the the new GM you want isn't going to really like, and it's going to be problems all over again. That's what I understand about these teams. I just don't get it. Like, how don't you just clean house? Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace clearly hasn't worked out, especially Ryan Pace. Yeah. So how do you let him go into this offseason trying to rebuild this team and possibly draft the next future quarterback? So, and again, have the Bears ever really had a good quarterback in their franchise history? And Jay Cutler might be arguably the best one. That's not good. No. That is not no. good. They had but, Jim Miller who won the who won the Super Bowl from the back in the day, but the Bears need to find a good quarterback because guess what? Their fan their fan their fan base is dying for a great franchise quarterback. To kind of pile on and trash uh, mainly Ryan Pace uh, before trashing Matt Nagy, you're telling me the the world knows that both of you are on the hot seat. The GM and the coach are on the hot seat. This is we thought last year was a make or break year, but they just barely made the playoffs and, and saved their tails for one more year. And this is your off season so far. I get that there's still more moves to be made, but all the biggest guys are already gone and you're probably not getting any of the quarterbacks. All right. Like what if you, maybe you get like Sam Darnold or something, or you do get one of these young quarterbacks, you might not be in Chicago to long enough to figure out if it, uh, or find out if that worked out so this is your off season this is your i know we have to splash because it's go big or go home this off season because if we don't if we don't strike gold we're probably both gone so what do we do andy dalton like you deserve <laughs> to be fired on the spot you deserve to be fired i i agree you could have traded like you said for sam darnold or or someone one of these young quarterbacks at that point, just bring Mitchell Trubisky back for another year or something. Sign him on a low deal. I don't know. Instead, you bring in Andy Dalton, which, again, is is not, not breaking the world here. It's a very below average quarterback and a good. He's a good backup quarterback. That's what Andy Dalton is in his career now. To to put it into perspective, and what you just mentioned, Andy Dalton 
signed a one-year $10 million contract with a max value of 13. Mitch Trubisky only signed like a $3 million contract and that, that might be max value. Don't, you know, don't quote me on it, but it was, it was not the, uh, the craziest. Here we go. He signed a one-year $2.5 million contract, 1.5 million guaranteed. So say you get him for three or 4 million, you're saving six to 7 million. Now all of a sudden you can keep Kendall Fuller and you know, you make other moves and you keep your number one corner and get the same production at quarterback. But instead you pay eight to 10 million more for Andy Dalton and have to cut your top player in your secondary. Like that just, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see how you, as a GM, don't take a step back and be like, Oh wait, you know what? We're, we're doing something wrong here. This is the wrong matchup. You know what doesn't make any sense to me? That I kept calling Kendall Kyle before. I just realized that. Kyle, Kyle's on, on oh, I, I listen, I get, Right? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I listen, yeah. We, 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 I, I'm pretty sure. I Listen, I don't know. The Fuller Brothers always confuse me. I look right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm scrolling through. Um, oh, no, no, no. You're right. Kendall. It is Kyle. It's Kyle. Ah! You were right. I was ah. wrong. I was saying Kendall. Aha. You were ah. right. Aha. Apologies. Bang. I, I, dude, honestly, I thought I was wrong the whole time, so don't you worry. <laughs> potato, potato, whatever. whatever. Whichever one's on the Broncos is I'm happy about. Um, but no, the Bears, again, like like I, you sign Mitch, you could sign Mitch Trubisky for one more year. Let him play. He already knows the system. Maybe he, granted, if, even if he did spark something out, you're not going to keep him. But you get him on the cheaper end. You keep, you keep, you keep someone on the team, and then you draft your bridge quarterback for next year. But you rather sign any, you rather let him go to Buffalo. You sign any Dalton, which is not good. And I just don't understand the. Uh, and I, I've never understood Matt uh, Ryan Pace's moves in Chicago. So. Ryan Pace, I'm sorry to trash you, but you have been terrible, my friend. You have been terrible. But you are smoking something. What is the matter with you? That's that's what I've wondered about him ever since he started making those moves in Chicago. Besides the Cleo Mack deal. Yeah, the Cleo Mack deal was great, but I'm I'm all aboard the uh, trash Chicago's front office because it has been very lackluster for a team that has a defense that is good enough last year and the year before and the year before was good enough to be in the Super Bowl, but the offense just always lacked. Uh, another fun one in the books, free agency starting to slow down a bit, but there's still big names out there. Pat, uh, I would say next week, we're going to have a little bit of a different show, but there's still so many moves that could happen. It's still so early in the off season that who knows, there could be a blockbuster trade any day now for maybe a Sam Darnold or whatever. And all of a sudden next week is completely different, but this is the beauty of the NFL off season. We have no idea what the hell to expect for next week because we have no idea what direction these teams are going. So I don't know about you, Pat, but it gets me excited. I like the I like this time of year. Oh no, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I can't wait for the draft. I mean, I know we're still a full month away. So guys be on the lookout for, once we get closer, we'll, we'll do our mock. We'll do a mock draft for you guys, a fun little mock draft. Um, and I think next week we start letting them know about them sending in some voice messages. We'll start hearing what people think 
we're gonna start you getting you guys involved. We're gonna have you guys um send in voice messages and let us know what you think about your team's free agency moves or any team. Just give us your thoughts on anything NFL-wise. Or if you want to roast us, you can roast us too. And then we're going to roast your ass right back on the show. Whatever you guys want. But it'll be about 30 to 45 seconds. Um, Next week, we'll open up with this, what I'm saying right now. We'll, we'll reiterate this next week on the open. So I know you guys aren't going to make it to the full episode, you scumbags. But the people that do make it to the full episode, we love you. And I want to kiss you. And here we go. Here we go. You've been listening to Slants and Rants with CTD and Vega. Please leave a like, rate, and review. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Slants Rants Pod. Until next time, don't forget to shake them.